at this point, I just wasn't going to school at all. I wasn't home at all in any way, shape, or form. It got worse. I started doing more drugs, different drugs, ecstasy. I was fighting every day, in and out of jail. I had no expectation for anything good in my life. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There was no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Recently, we've been talking about how evil spirits work in our society to pressure everyone to believe that being evil is the way to live. And many who do evil are always trying to convince those around them to do the same things that they are. Why? Well, there's a saying in our society that says, eat or be eaten, or it's a dog-eat-dog world out there. But the end result... Well, bad behavior spreads upon our societies everywhere. In our last show, we had Gerard Spencer share with us how he grew up from a good family. His mother was a Christian. His dad was a little strict and was kind of aloof and off, working really hard to raise him. But there was a lot of discipline and rules. And he grew up always desiring to be a good person and to stay out of trouble. However, trouble found him. He was being targeted by five boys at the school, was always getting harassed and jumped. He tried to avoid the trouble. He tried to stand up to them, but in the constant pressure of being jumped and beaten, he learned that being the good guy wasn't helping him at all. At least that's what he was being convinced of. So he gave in, found some older guys who were living a lifestyle of drinking, parties, smoking weed, and fighting. He was going to be one who didn't care about life anymore. He gave into coping mechanisms to deal with the pain inside. Today, he's going to talk about how reckless his life became when he ended up losing his own brother to this lifestyle. Gerard, welcome back to the show. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. It's great having you, brother. It's an honor having you back with us. And I so appreciated what you shared with us in the last show. And I know what you'll share with us today is going to be a very emotionally heavy thing to share. So tell me first, how did this gradual life of bitterness and giving into evil work for you at this point in your life? It didn't. I went from having dreams and hope to having none at all. To only expecting bad, didn't expect anything good at all. Didn't really expect to survive that much longer, to tell you the truth. Wow. I was just living day by day, living for the moment. So you're thinking like this lifestyle was going to kill you. Like it's almost like you didn't care whether you died or not. Is that right? No, I didn't. It was the expectation. I actually got shot when I was 16. Really? Yeah. I actually got shot at the time. I had been stabbed at that time. Dang. And I was constantly having dreams, believe it or not, that I was getting murdered, like probably one or two a week. So you're like having nightmares, basically, Yeah. about this idea of dying. And then you're literally getting shot at. My gosh. And in that moment when you got shot, were you kind of like, I'm going to go now? Like, did you kind of have that thought a little bit? Like, this is it? I was so high and drunk, I didn't even, like, compute that. Wow. I just took off running. By the time I got to the car and turned around, the individual was actually, like, standing there. But by the grace of God, they let me go. Interesting. That's crazy, man. Now, I understand when you were 16, you discovered the drug ecstasy. Yes. Now, what fulfillment were you getting by using this drug? And looking back, was it really worth it? It made me feel good. It really did. It made Mm. me feel better than anything that I had experienced. It enhanced every emotion. Interesting. So if you took it while laughing, if you took it while being happy, if you took it while partying, it really enhanced all of that. 
I see. So it gave me something that I hadn't experienced or something that I didn't have at that moment. So this was the reason to live then. This was the moment like, hey, I'm living to feel good because without it, you felt so down on the dumps. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Wow, man. I understand your mom would always remind you that you are a good person, that deep down inside you are a good person, but it was like you couldn't stop all this immorality. Tell us about the struggle and how it made you feel when your mom would just keep on believing in you, but you kept this lifestyle despite that. Honestly, at the moment, I didn't even appreciate it. Mm. I didn't even care what she was saying. It was falling on deaf ears. I was so far gone at that time. I was so drunk all the time. It was kind of falling on deaf ears. But there was moments where it would penetrate a little bit. Mm. And it kind of kept me going because I didn't understand what she was saying Mm. or how she could see what she saw. Or I really didn't understand anything about faith or anything at that time. Wow. Now, I understand you got to the point of getting into trouble And it was almost like you were trying to invite death into your life. But instead of your life, it hit someone who was very close to you. Tell us what happened that day. Well, it was a typical night, a house party. Hung out at a lot of house parties. Always was looking for a party. Always trying to find what I thought was a good time. Mm -hmm. And I had an older brother who was your typical older brother. How's that? What do you mean? Well, he always tried to correct me. He always chased after me to try to get me to do right. Mm. He was nothing like everything that I was. He was the exact opposite. He was much older. He was the oldest out of all of my siblings. He tried to correct me, but I would disrespect him. I would reject everything that he had to say. I didn't want to hear anything that he had to say. That probably made it feel like being a failure even more. It did. That enhanced it even more. So you probably ended up just not enjoying anything he said. But what happened that night? So, you know, I was at another house party and some guys came and a confrontation started. So I got into a fight and the fight spilled out of the house into the middle of the street. And it was right around the corner from where we lived. My brother was visiting my parents. So he was actually on his way home at the exact time that the fight started. He saw me and he got out of the car to try to stop me. I threw him off me. I believe I cursed at him. And I began chasing people around the corner. Because it wasn't just you. Like it was like multiple people fighting, right? No, it was a big fight. Like Big fight, like brawl. Probably like 20 people. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was a big fight. So, you know, I chased some people around the corner and I didn't even hear a gunshot. But by the time I got back around the corner, I found my brother laying on the ground. He was shot in the back of the head. Oh my gosh. So he wasn't conscious. No, he wasn't conscious. He was still alive. You know, he was reaching for me. I was just so in the daze that, you know, I just got on my knees by him and I just started telling him I was sorry because at the moment I really couldn't compute what it was that had happened. Oh my gosh. So this is shocking you here. Yeah. Eventually went into a coma at the hospital. Tell us what happened and how you felt during that time. Well, you know, at that time, I was put in the police car because they had to identify who I was. They took him to the hospital. Mm -hmm. My family, of course, was already up there. They had some older cousins to find me, and they did, so they brought me up there. But I really didn't want to go. I didn't want to face my family. I didn't want to see my dad or my mom because Mm -hmm. I already knew that it was my fault, the situation. So when we got there, you know, my dad looked at me and He actually took me, me and him actually went in first to see him. Man, I couldn't even talk at that moment. We went in and we were just weeping at that moment. It was bad. He was shot in the head, so. Gosh, and I understand that even this made an impact for you, but even then you couldn't get truly set free from this lifestyle. Is that right? 
no, no. At that moment, because I convinced myself that what I was doing was only hurting me. Mm. I convinced myself that it didn't affect anybody else. But in that moment, I saw that that wasn't true. He didn't have anything to do with anything. He was a good person, man. He was my exact opposite in every way, shape, or form. He was gentle. He was kind. He was thoughtful. He was loving. He was mature. He was responsible. You know, when they told us that he was going to die, went in a room by myself to say bye. And, you know, I just... I just told him that I was sorry oh, gosh. and that I wish he could hear me. Just touched his hand and I smelt him one last time. It was a big deal. Now, I understand that in your pain, you eventually turned to cocaine, but I want to have you back on our next show and talk about that. It's so sad to really learn about what happened. And I really do want to hear how this eventually changed your life, because I understand even this moment, it was too hard to leave the addictions, all that stuff. And that you even went into it even further because of the pain from the situation. So, Gerard, I want to have you back on our next show. Thanks so much again for joining us today. Yes, sir. Hold tight. Let's dissect what you heard a little bit more right after the break. Hey, guys. It's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, some of you $25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to AwakeningTheNations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? You know, looking at Gerard's life, it seems like the influences around him helped to change the way he saw life and how he responded to the world around him. Let me explain. He was a hurt young man who caved in from trying to be good, but now instead just doing whatever made him feel good until the day it cost his brother's life. You may have heard the saying, hurt people hurt people. Well, here you're seeing that. You're seeing how Gerard's emotions and soul was already in so much pain from the abuse he got when he was younger. That when his brother died, he didn't even know how he could react to all of this. And he went full on to just coping and diving into cocaine use to mask the pain. You can hear in his story how desperate his soul was. How there was no focus, no point in life, only covering up the reality of life. Going from one thing to the next with no real solutions. I mean, look at the world. You go through like a divorce or you're maybe being bullied, beaten up by life. They say, well... Just drink some more, smoke this, take that, let your sorrows melt away, forget about it, don't worry, just be happy. But for Gerard's situation, it just didn't seem possible to forget. So what is the truth of this? Well, in Proverbs 31, 6-7, it's written, Give strong drink to him who is perishing, and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty, and remember his misery no more. You see, this is the secret to those who love to drink and get drunk or to those who are on the outside, they're just partying, right? And they're loving drugs. But the truth is, they're bitter in heart and inside. 
there's just miserableness. This verse is quite fitting for Gerard when he learned of his brother's death. Naturally, some might think that this would be enough for him to stop all the parties, stop all that, but no. And why? Because he was crushed in his soul. You can see that there is no clear goal or pathway towards goodness in his life. And I know that there's someone who can relate to this story. What do you do when your spirit and your soul are crushed inside of you? Who do you turn to in order to fix something like this? And is it even fixable? Well, it is. There's someone who can help. And that someone is near your heart even now. It's written in Psalms 34, 18. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Do you have a broken heart, friend? Do you know that Jesus is right here if you just invite him in? Lord Jesus, I know that you're coming near to the person with a broken heart. To the person saying, gosh, I just feel like there's no purpose, there's no plan, and there's just nothing to do but to do wrong things. Lord Jesus, we repent. And instead, God, give us the vision of goodness and hope in our lives. Help us to see past the pain and to see healing through you. Jesus, we receive you in our hearts. Give us vision, give us hope. We receive it now in Jesus' name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. Did you know our shows are on Spotify? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Spotify and enjoy all the same shows you hear on the radio. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.